Welcome to Geek Salad, a podcast about two guys talking about their passion for editing geek, from the digital world to the not-so-digital world. Now here are your hosts, Randy and Jay A. LaRock. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Geek Salad. As always, I am Randy, and with me is my good, my number one, Mr. Jose. What's up, brother? What's up, what's up? It actually feels good to not have the WoW addiction anymore, but now it's like transferring over to these other games. <laughs> and of course, since we don't, oh, I don't have any consoles, it's not Red Dead Redemption. Man, let me tell you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good that you brought that up because uh, I, I, man, I whole, I, I, I'm fighting everything within my being not to go out and get this game, especially seeing like all the videos at like IGN and all my friends that are playing it and talking about it and all that stuff saying like, Oh, it's an amazing game. Like I'm fighting everything not to buy it because I know what's going to happen is I'll buy it. I'll maybe play three, four hours of it. Like I did with Grand Theft Auto five. And then it's going to sit there for my console and then it's going to release on PC. And then I'm going to trade in the console one and do it and get it on the PC. Well, sadly, they keep saying they're not going to release it on PC. And then some people said, oh, they say that and then they will. So I don't know. I hope they do. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the the the, the I think the biggest thing right now that, that PC gamers are, are in that whole, like, we hope they are. It's more of we don't know when, if they're going to do it. Because when you look at it, like Grand Theft Auto V didn't come out on PC till like a year and a half later. But mind you. It came out on PlayStation 3 360 first. A year later came out on PS4. And then, like, three, four months after that, that's when they released it on PC. So, of course, I'm one of those, like, I really hope they don't wait that long to do yeah. it. Because um, it's driving me crazy. And right now, honestly, like, I, the only way I think I would get it on a console would be, like, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm contemplating getting an xbox one x and it's like if they do something for like black friday where they package it in with one then i'll get it but if it's gonna be one of those like no you gotta buy one no i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait i have to i have to it's crazy because um especially hearing console gamers talk about how much fun they have hunting after like a rare animal or Mm -hmm. cooking or doing all these mundane things that a lot of people in MMOs actually end up starting to complain about. Like, you know, you tell someone who used to play like EverQuest 2 or something, or even World of Warcraft, that, oh, they added 5,000 new crafting uh, uh, recipes and new mobs to go after. And they're going to be like, oh, I don't care about that. What about the end game dungeons? And people are playing Red Dead. They're like, oh, my good. I I went and I hunted this awesome grizzly bear the other day, and I got a special, you know, fur. And it's like, wow. (laughs) Console games are not getting addicted to that stuff. (laughs) Well, and and here's the thing. The, The things that I find hilarious about that game, at least videos that I've seen, is those, like, compilations of, like, Things that happen in game that are hilarious. Oh so, yeah. Like, what I think one of the best ones was this one of like this is like the 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 video game karma coming back to get you. So the video was the player killing. I want to say it was like a deer or something up on an on a on a cliff edge, 
and he starts going through the animation of skinning it, and all of a sudden, a cougar just comes and dives him, hits him, and knocks him off the cliff edge. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, man, that was so funny. Um, the other thing that I I, uh, I um, listened to was, I, I think it was through like Engadget or something like that, or Kotaku, where it was like the haters review of Red Dead Redemption 2, and he goes into like a lot of good points of like what they hate about the game. But one of the things that his like big thing was, is like, you know, first or shooting controls on a, on a joystick. And and he, he best put it. He's like, look, shooting with a controller joystick. It's like trying to eat spaghetti with a Phillips screwdriver. (laughs) 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 Like, yeah, that could, I could see how that, like that point comes across. Um, and then the other thing that he sat there and was going, he's like going on to this rent. He's like, don't even get me started on the horses. He's like, these things are motorcycles made out of meat. <laughs> oh my God. But it's, it's funny to see this stuff and it's amazing how alive they made the world. That's, that's the other thing yeah. that I've, I've heard about this. And like, the thing that's really funny is that if there are things that people do complain about the game, it's little things like, you know, how long it takes for the skinny animation to go through, like stuff like that, where it's like, okay, like, yeah, it's cool to see that skinny animation one time and see how I look. But then they're like, after you do it like a hundred times, it gets boring. And you're like, all right, now I got to wait 45 seconds for him to go through the whole motion yeah. of, of the skinny. Um, but like they, they, it, it's the funny thing that you sit there and you talk about that kind of like ties into the, at least the game, the first game I want to talk about, which is funny. So <laughs> spoiler alert, guys, this is going to be another video game centric geek salad um, is how they're like, now you have to kind of like eat and you have to sit there and do that. And they say like, it'll affect you in game. Like if you eat too much, you'll start to get fat. If you don't eat enough, he starts getting really skinny. Um, and the game that I started playing, which I did, I believe I mentioned it last episode was fallout 76. So amazingly, amazingly enough, uh, Bethesda actually added on two more betas after the ones that they initially announced. And what's funny is I got to play out of the first three. I played two out of the three. And when I first started playing it, which is more of, last episode i kind of looked at it in the sense of like you know i said this is not going to be the fallout for everybody it's going to disappoint a lot of people and i still feel i still stand behind that like i still do think that a lot of people are going to be disappointed by that game however the more i've played the game the more i've actually enjoyed the game and the only kind of like the thing about the game is, is like it it still feels like you're playing fallout 4 to me but there's more, there's no more like, oh, I'll go to this town and see this guy and sell all my stuff. Like now it's all just robot NPCs if there are any. And everybody else is an actual like, per, you know, a person. Um, and I've, I've like watching videos of people talking about Fallout 76. I've, I've picked up on a couple of things that seem like really, really interesting. Like for me, one of the things that I found that was funny is I had to go on a mission um, to a town to go meet the mayor. Like I got this thing of like, oh, go meet the mayor of Graffington, I think was the name of the town or something like that. 
And I'm making my way there, and on the map, I see a building on the map, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what that is. I'm like, oh, it's probably like some sort of like city town center or something like that. I start rolling up on the building, and I get close enough where it identifies the building, and it's like, oh, it's blah, 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 state prison. And I'm like, oh, it's a prison. But then I start hearing the doom, doom, doom of something walking around. And I'm like, okay, like my old fallout memories serve me as those were super mutants because they used to stomp the ground when they walk. Sure enough, I come, I crest a ridge and a super mutant just turns around. It's like, oh, you're going to die, puny human. And he's like, and we start getting at it. So I start making my way in and like, and of course, as soon as I start fighting the first super mutant, all the guys that are in the courtyard of the, of the prison start working their way out. So I'm sitting there like just one after the other, just pouring out of the courtyard. And I'm sitting there shooting and shooting and shooting and drop all the guys on the outside. I'm like, all right, at least I got a decent amount of loot and stuff like that. I'm like, well, I can keep going on. But the old, you know, RPG player in me that used to see that one little treasure chest off in the side. And you said like, damn it, I got to get that treasure chest because that's going to be the like ultimate weapon. Decided I'm going to go inside the prison. Yeah. I went in this prison, and this thing was full. I mean, full of super mutants. Oh, man. And I was just, pa 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 fighting my Like, I killed everybody. And they had, you know, luckily they had, like, a gun, uh, a weapon uh, bench, workbench, and, uh, and um, the one that lets you create the uh, ammo, which is, like, the gizmo or something like that. I forgot what they call workbench. But the thing that, like, I sat there and, like, also, the more that I've played the game, I've noticed one thing, and that is it really like it 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 emphasizes a lot on you on hey, you want to like craft your weapons, you want to craft your own armor because it's the like the best stuff that you can get. However, I'm starting to find like I think I've played and I got up to like level eleven or something like that, that it gets really, really difficult to keep your weapons like fixed. Reason being is the big thing that you need to fix craft and all that is adhesive. And I am finding I cannot find like I'm going to towns and scouring the towns, going every little which way that I can. And I can't find hardly any adhesive. And it sucks because now that I've like, I mean, I had a uh, like a 50 cal revolver with a scope on it. That that was my kind of like, all right, if I really need to do damage. I had a hunting rifle, like a full-fledged hunting rifle with a reflex scope on it. Um, and I find that like you start fighting these things, and man, your your conditions of your weapons start going down pretty quick. And it's like, oh crap, I need, you know, I need adhesive or stuff like that to fix this stuff, and you can't find it. Yeah. You know, like to the <laughs> I mean, I, it got to a point where I started like boosting my guy's thing in strength to start finding a good melee weapon because I'm like, I'm going to have to switch to it eventually. Yeah, I'm curious because I got to play like one and a half betas. And then I just started reading because I just wanted to see what people thought. And I always know that with Fallout, you're going to have people that's going to have a problem because I've seen that with, I mean, as soon as they announced the Fallout 3, uh, you know, there were people that were, were that were used to one and two and they hated three. And then you had th then they had, you know, New Vegas and four and all that. And people were like, oh, New Vegas is great. Four is terrible and this and that. So I already knew automatically that there were going to be a lot of people that didn't like the game and had things to say. But and let's face it, whenever there's an MMO of any type, you're going to have the same thing. But 
looking over YouTube's and reviews, it, it's really weird because it almost seems like you have a mixture of some people that have genuine concerns, and then you have people that realize that, hey, if I bash on this game, people will watch my you know, mm-hmm. podcast or, or YouTube channel or something like that. And not only do you see the exact same arguments, but then exaggerated, but then people just start pulling out like any old argument, which if you started nitpicking any game like that, then yeah, you could say almost any game sucks. But at the same time, you have the other pushback where people are coming in and acting like it's great, and you're like, okay, are these people being paid, or what's going? Are these fanboys? So I'd like to go mm-hmm. more over like the points that they say uh, of contention and things that they don't like, and see is it something really real, or is something that not that uh, big of a deal? Like, is it really worth it to get this game if you're even just slightly interested in the world? And that NPC is the first thing I want to ask about because lore-wise, it makes sense for anyone that doesn't mm-hmm. know. This is only supposed to be like what 20 25 years after the bombs fell that you come um, out. Um no, it's 300 years. Really? I thought it was it was Yeah, it's then. 300. No, it's 300 after the bombs drop, but you're the first shelter that's essentially opened up. So there's nobody like there's no people out in the world. That's how oh, they okay. wrote it up. Cuz that remember this is the the whole thing with the with the thing is is it, you wake up because it's the tricentennial of of people going into the vaults themselves. I mean, people went into the vaults because of the bombs were, were flying, essentially. Okay. All right. Well, that, I mean, either way, it makes sense that you're first. And, like, the vault is this supposed to be, like, the vault that didn't do any weird tests or anything. That's why, you know, it's not like the other fallouts where it's like, oh, we were doing these kind of experiments with this vault, and this vault has this going on. This was supposed to be, like, the actual, like, control vault, just people that come out, at least so far as what it seems like. I think well, I think what it what this one more is is this was before they decided like we're gonna start doing these weird experiments and all that. So like this is what they intentionally wanted it to be, where it's like, oh, we're gonna try and save as many people as we can. And then you really like when you start getting and that's the one thing that's that's really interesting. And anybody out there that really hasn't doesn't know the real like lore behind it, like do a look up on on Voltec. Like there's a ton of YouTube videos if you sit there and you look at it, like where people have gotten all the little like in-game stuff that they talk about the different vaults and they put a video together. And when you see like what Voltec has done, especially like by the time Fallout 4 rolls around, it's like, good God, these people were evil, man. Like they wanted to like well, you don't know what they were thinking when they did some of the things that they did. And, like, the few that I remember was there was one vault that they put, like, one guy and, like, 200 puppets. So it was, like, a single guy and then the puppets and then just see how the guy, his how he would interact. Wow. Yeah, and then, like, when you read the notes in here and that, like, you find out that the guy basically started creating different personalities for the puppets. And he thought they were, like, actual people. Like, he basically went crazy. Um, there was one where it was 199 women and one man (laughs) in one of the vaults. Um, and of course it ended up happening where all the women started fighting over who would be the one that would get together with the man to procreate and keep, uh, you know, society going. Um, the one that was really, really, um, there were two that were, when you like really look at it, you're like, man, that's kind of messed up. One 
they did genetic testing on people and you find out that's where the super mutants came from. And the other one, they basically sealed people in, but they didn't seal it where the radiation wouldn't get through. So you had one vault where the people thought they were safe. They got radiated. And then that's where you had a bunch of the, uh, the, the ghouls come out and you and like the, the crazy part is you find out after the fact there were very few survivors that made it out of that vault, but a lot of the people, the ones especially closest towards the door became those feral ghouls and they just started running around killing all the people inside the, inside the vault. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, see, that's the, that's the thing I'm curious about because, okay. So people says that there's no NPC. So when you go out for people that didn't play the beta, don't know, you go out, and we're going to try not to spoil like too much for those of us that got to like a level 10, level 12. But you go out, and it's like hollow tapes, robots, things like that. But here's the thing that I worry about. I think of it like a story. Mm-hmm. And if you know, because, I mean, it's, it's one thing if we lived in a bubble and we had no idea about what's going on in the game. But even if you just pick up the game, you're probably going to read somewhere, oh, there's no NPCs. So what I'm worried about is imagine if you went and there was like a, a series and it's like, oh, here's a seven part series coming to Netflix called Where is Jessica Drew? And, you know, it's like a mystery mm-hmm. about trying to find Jessica Drew. So you're like, oh, man, this looks really good. But then you go and you read on Reddit that it says, oh, by the way, Jessica Drew's dead. And you're like, oh, then you go back and you want to watch this movie and it looks really good. The production, the writing, everything's great. But you know in the end she's dead. So it's like, man, I don't know I want to watch this. That's the kind of feeling I, I worry about Fallout 76 where it's like you go and it says, hey, go find you know Billy Madison. And you're like, well, I know he's dead because there's right. no NPCs. Then it's like, oh, try and find this community. Okay, well, I, I know there's no one there because they said there's no NPCs. So I feel the problem is, is that that takes a big chunk out of it that you know you're not going to ever find a person. So every time mm-hmm. you have any mission that has to do with finding someone or finding people, then it's going to be like, no. The only way I see this being saved is if they want it to be like that for now. Since we all know what's 32 max people per server, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not that huge, but the map is huge. I assume what they could do is say – oh, well, there's a, another vault opened. Like maybe two months later after release, they could open a vault, and then all of a sudden a tiny town could appear, and now you have NPCs. Mm-hmm. It's not like the engine. The engine's the same engine they've been using for years, so they can implement this at any time. But I just think for this game to continue in the future, we can't be playing six months from now and still everyone's an NPC. They're going to have to like do something like that. Either they're going to have to start building mini towns or opening other vaults or something to give us more than that. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing is they, they sat there and they said there is going to be DLC for it and it is going to be free. So they can, like I agree with you, they can absolutely write into the lore like, oh, we opened up vault 35 and you know now a, a little a new thing pops up on the map and you go there and like, oh, look, it's a little, it's a town of like humans that are starting to do it. Now, the thing, like you said, yeah, it's 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 interesting where, like you say, like they tell you, oh, go find, you know, Billy Bob or whatever. And and initially you're like, oh, I'm going to go find a person. And like, yeah, you get there and you just see a dude just like on a chair <laughs> and you find his hollow tape and you hear his story and all that. 
And that was one of the things that I was like, once, once I did that, like a few times, like you say, you're like, Oh yeah, they're having me go after these people and there's just nobody going to be there. Like it's kind of like a bummer. Um, but it is like, like one of the other complaints that like that kind of ties into as well is people are like, Oh, but there's no story to it. And yes and no. Yes. There's no like, sequential story that you go through like all the other fallout games because let's face facts the other fallout games were a single player experience so you needed to have that sequential story to go through but i found as you go going places and you find these hollow tapes it kind of does give you a bit of a story and i'm not going to say what i did but like it's interesting that you go one spot and you pop in a hollow tape and you hear this thing of like this person like oh like you know you know we 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 have a chance at surviving and blah 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 and this and that and blah, blah. and it's all like cheering kind of like they they have hope of and then i had like a a a, a hollow tape that it was like at first the person was like you know we're going to do this and blah, blah 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 and then like by the end of the tape they're like you know you can just hear in their voice like Okay, I've been here for a week and we're out of food and we're out of water and I have no idea how we're going to survive. And then like just start breaking down and crying. You're like, God. And it's like and it's not a short holotape. It's a pretty long holotape. And you hear from this person go from this like we're going to do this and arrive to this desperation of like, that's it. We've given up. And it's like, holy crap, like these people wrote a really good story into it, you know? And that's why I think that you're eventually going to have some kind of, um, you know, NPCs. Because it's not like mm-hmm. you, you – they still put the voice acting into the holotapes. So, mm-hmm. like, some people try to say, oh, is it because they're lazy and they're cheap? But it's like, no, I don't think that's the case because what's the difference between putting an NPC standing up and talking and a holotape where the person's talking? Because, like, the holotapes sound just as good as anyone – any other game. Like, mm-hmm. the voice acting sounds good. It's long. It's not like it's – you know, two sentences and it's it. You know, so like like you said, some of these you're finding all these tapes and they're talking and talking and talking. Like this one lady's like giving out recipes and stuff. It's like this old mm-hmm. lady. So it's like it's cool. I just think that eventually they're gonna have to add that component. Um, but like you said, another part is how much it's up to people to do that. Cause I think what happens in like the single player game is you're you're willing to just sit there and listen to the holotape. Like, I remember even in, like, Bioshock and stuff stuff like that, you almost wanted that break. You're like, oh, God, thank you. And you'd go sit in the corner somewhere and listen to this tape, and you're like, okay, now I'm ready to go. I think what's happening with a lot of people, especially, like, in beta, like, they keep saying, oh, I don't listen to the tapes, and I run through. Okay. I did see that sometimes you're playing with friends, and if your friends are not all on the same page, they'll be like, oh, are you still listening to that tape? Or let's go. I know where this is. It's over mm-hmm. here. Come on. So you end up not listening to the tape. So it's kind of weird, that dynamic. But unfortunately, it's one of those things where it's kind of still up to you to yeah. listen to the tape instead of just run over to the next area. And mm-hmm. I think something what happens is that when you know that there's other people with you in the world and they're leveling above, they're getting this stuff, they're building, you feel like, oh, my God, I got to rush. So when you rush, you're going to pass up some of that story. So you're going to have to make your own balance to say, I'm going to listen to these tapes. I'm going to read the whole what's written. I'm going to go because that's another thing. Going through the computers, there's still a ton of information. Oh, like yeah. you'll look at a console and they'll say, like, this is the quest, and you'll start reading it, but then there'll be all these other lines. And like I remember back in other fallouts, I'd be like, I, I gotta read this because it may open up a quest or something. 
nowadays people are saying, oh, well, I speed through it. I don't look at all those other things. Mm -hmm. Well, then you can't come back later and say there's no story if you're not going to read through the things. At least it's not like old school Morrowind where there's like 5,000 books that you don't really actually have to read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like to your point with that, like I remember when when I finally like went through that that jail and cleared out all the super mutants, I made my way up into the warden's office and his computer was on. And I get on this thing and like it it has like the warden's log, like you know, a whole bunch of entries and him talking about like stuff that's going on in the jail and blah 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 and this and that. And and it was like, man, that's crazy that like they put so much writing into it. Um but it is like I, I've I've enjoyed the time that I play with it. Now the other big complaint that I've heard from people, and you kind of touched on this, is people are saying like, "Oh my God, they're still using the same game engine and this and that. It doesn't look so great and this and that." And the way that I looked at it when I get, came into this game was number one: if you really look at what this game was, this was essentially supposed to be a multiplayer add-on to Fallout Four. But when they were working on it, they realized, A, it needed way more work than they had time to do to release Fallout 4 on time. So they took it out. And B, it's since Fallout 4s came out to now, they've been working on this just to get it to like work. So they would never have had time to completely write a new engine because let's face facts, like all the engines that they use in Skyrim and Fallout and all that, those are all in-house engines. They do not license any other engine from anybody else. So for them to have to start from scratch, write a whole new engine to it, and then start implementing all this stuff, like I totally see why it still has the same graphic engine that that Fallout Four had. Which in reality, like I think it still looks great, and I don't mind companies using an older engine because it runs great on my on my computer, you know. So I'm not going to complain about that, you know, just being oh it's an older engine. Like I still think it looks great. Um, and and that's one of the things that like I've heard a lot of people complain about. Yeah. I look I look for potential, and the thing is, is that um, I remember people talking about the difference between the quality of life stuff and then the content, and they're saying that those two together are the most important things. And I think that yes, obviously you'd love to see a better engine, a better look, but then I think about EverQuest Two. Like EverQuest Two was one of those games where it's like. Man, we got to upgrade from EverQuest, and it's true they they had to in a sense. Mm -hmm. But man, the jump that they did and all the problems that they had because for those that don't know, like EverQuest two looked beautiful, but it, it was very CPU intensive. And this was mm -hmm. back in the day when CPUs. I mean, CPUs are still kind of expensive, but they were really expensive back then. But you also need a video card that was good. So mm -hmm. sometimes you can play the difference as long as you don't bottleneck yourself. But you could say, all right, I could get a halfway decent CPU and then a little bit better video card, and I'm good for a while. In EverQuest, you had to have the best of both to be able to run any settings. Mm -hmm. So then that, that hurt a lot of the other game because when you lower the settings all the way down, EverQuest 2 looked worse than EverQuest 1. Mm -hmm. So I understand that part. The second thing is uh, the quality of life and more things. Like One of the complaints that also was added was the whole voice over... Uh, you know, voice chat thing and mm. not having a text box, especially for PC gamers. They're so used to an MMO where you type. And I understand that when I was in game, one of the first things that pissed me off is I'm like waking up in this vault or whatever. And I hear some guy and I guess he's doing a, 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 a live stream. It must've been a boring live stream. Cause he's just <laughs> like, Hey, look, 
there's a toothbrush here. I wonder if I could brush my teeth and blah, blah. And I'm just, just in there. I'm like, I don't want to wake up. Like, it did take me out. It's really <laughs> weird because Bethesda comes on and they're talking about how, oh, we don't want to do push to talk. We don't want to do chat because it's it wants you to be immersed in the game. I do not feel immersed in a game where I'm yeah. hearing someone ordering pizza or a baby crying or a kid asking his mom for an extra seven minutes to play. It's like that took it out of me. So <laughs> that, it's those quality of life things and adding little things in the future that's going to make or break this game. Like, it's the same thing that I said with Diablo. I, t- t- and, and we can get into that later. That whole Ooh, Yeah, oh, God. But I always said, one of the things I don't understand with Diablo, the way it's built, you would think to yourself, you know what, every two weeks, I could release a new mini patch. It could even be one mission. Mm-hmm. Like, you could just say, oh, we found a new demon, or we found a new section of hell. And you just tile together a few new tiles, and you put that out. You probably could even sell it for like a few bucks or something and you would have it. But when you're playing months after months after months with the exact same tiles and the exact same game, no one's going to play that. Yeah. And I think that's this, you have to work, be careful with Fallout where it's like you have the engine there. You know that you could mods, they can do anything. They can do anything. You need to constantly be adding, even if it's just a new hollow tape where you didn't see one before and you're like, oh, look, a new hollow tape. You're going to have to do that constantly or people are going to leave your game because it's like yeah it's it's going to be way too little con- people are eating up content already mm-hmm. I, I will say this though i um i went to the northern side of virginia where they have those like i don't know if you've been up that area where the water park is oh no i haven't got that far oh yeah dude so there's like this huge like area around there where it's just like almost like a swamp area or like it was like a lake, a huge lake. And it's now all irradiated. And Oh my Lord. Like I had to go to the, to this water park. And of course, where's the water park across from this lake. And I'm like, okay, I can either (laughs) see if I can make my way across the lake or I have to go around. And then I realized the moment I, you know, typical fallout, the moment I started getting in the water, your freaking rads start going up like crazy. And I'm like, okay, Either I pump myself full of radix and then run across the water and hope that there's no creatures in the water or I have to go around. And I ended up like, screw it, I'm going around. And it sucked because it's like, good God, this is going to turn my trip, which is just a straight shot to the water park in two seconds. So like an extra 20 minutes of working my way around this stupid lake, you know. But at the same time, I ended up running into other stuff as I was going around, which was kind of cool. Um. But like the, the 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 game itself, though it's 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 a really interesting dynamic. Where when I first started playing it, I looked at it and I took it all in, and I took what people kind of like said about like, oh, you know, it's it's it needs you know this or it needs that, and it's on the same engine and all that. And I'm like, all right, set that aside. I'm gonna like just go into this game. And at first, I started playing, it and I was just like, eh, I don't know if I'd actually play it. But then the more I played it, the more I was like, ooh, this is actually kind of fun. Like, I want to keep playing this. Um, But now I'm in that kind of like between this whole thing of having to find all these damn adhesives and this and that and blah, blah. It's like, good God, either these people have to make the weapons degrade a little bit slower or they got to give more stuff that you could repair. I mean, granted, it's an MMO. Like, don't get me wrong. People like monsters drop a ton of stuff. So even if one breaks, you'll still have another one. My only problem is, is like I spent resources and time putting a reflex site onto 
this gun and it's great at being able to aim or whatever, but then this thing breaks and now my next one I get, I have to iron sight it and it sucks. You know, like if, if I think if they could make it where the stuff that you attach onto the things like the sights and the long barrels, if you could detach them so you can attach them to a different gun when you pick them up, that would make it, I wouldn't mind that because again, it's an MMO. So as you go along, you're going to be getting monsters are going to drop more powerful weapons that you're going to want to switch to anyways. But I think that would make it at least not as like not going to say time consuming, but it wouldn't hurt as much because in reality, if I'm going to get this gun and I'm going to put a long barrel and I'm going to put a sight on it, why would I do that if this thing's going to break on me and then I'm going to replace it with another gun? Like it would make no sense for me to pick up junk to craft stuff anyways. It's kind of like balancing the mix between I want to build this gun because obviously I know that they want you to build one gun. And then you just keep repairing it, and it becomes, oh, I'm running around one gun. Because then what happens is on the internet, it's going to say, build this gun. Don't build any other gun because everything else sucks except this gun and maybe this melee weapon. Yeah. And so they want you to rotate, but at the same time, it's true. I, I do love crafting. I do love breaking things apart. But at the same time, I don't want to have the scope gun that I put all this uh, work into, and it breaks in five minutes. Maybe yeah. they have to extend it just a little bit longer so it doesn't feel like Oh, I put together this gun. Oh, it broke apart, even though I built it with my bare hands. But it breaks after like five kills. Like it can't be that crazy. And I will say this: at first, I thought like, man, like they're gonna make it interesting, where like it, ammo's gonna be scarce and all that. Yeah. Nah, nah, dude. I have. So what? I, like I said, I've been using that hunting rifle, which uses three hundred eight. I was carrying around four hundred and forty-five rounds of three hundred eight. I'm like, well, I'm never going to run out of ammo, but I'm never going to use all this ammo because all the guns keep breaking on it. Well, it's funny because someone was talking about that in terms of like PvP, uh, which we haven't even got into yet. But uh, one of the things is that they're saying that that's, that's how it kind of like warrants you not to like grief. So for those mm -hmm. that don't know, obviously you have 32 other people in there and it's you can PvP. But here's the thing. You can set yourself to passive mode and you have to engage in the PvP for it to take effect. So for those who play like World of Warcraft or something, if someone sneaks up on you and starts shooting you, the bullets do almost no damage. Because I had that happen to me. I was with a group of friends too, so I don't know why this person attempted this. Because this person was like the same level. Just start shooting me. And I'm looking at my health. It's barely moving. Right. And the thing is, this person is blowing their ammo. And this was early on. We're like level four, four to six, I think it was. We were. So it had to be after five. Oh, okay. So I guess it was six. <laughs> so they were they were shooting all this these bullets at us, and it's like nothing. You know, you, you were my I was practically regenning faster than they were than they were doing damage with their gun. <laughs> so the thing is, is that you can do that, but at that, especially at that level, you're gonna not have that many bullets. Your gun's still gonna get messed up. So it wasn't worth it until I turn around and want to actually duel you or fight you. Then it will get back to regular power. So I could see if you go around trying to grief and no one's taking the bait. You could burn through your bullets, wasting mm -hmm. you know fifty bullets to do you know what five damage to somebody. Yeah. But that was another thing I was going to ask you. Obviously, we have people that we know that are interested in playing this game, but then we're also going to be playing ourselves. Do you think that this is one of those games where you're going to have a lot more fun by yourself with a specific group of friends, or will you be able to have fun? If you're just trying to live out there with random strangers on your server, 
So this is the thing. So I played the game completely by myself, and I was enjoying it. However, it's meant to be played like they basically are touting it, and and from videos that I've seen of people like talking about the game, they're like it's a fun with a group of people that are your friends. Because what's cool is they do every so often on the map they'll do events. So like at an airport, let's say like oh they're gonna they're basically gonna have like waves of of mobs just attacking the airport that you have to defend it off. Um, and it's cool because it gives you like you go in there and it says okay you got a minute to prepare your defenses so you can actually like if you control the airport you can like set up gun turrets or do whatever you want to do and then defend it and you get a pretty decent amount of stuff out of doing stuff like that. The thing that's really interesting with PvP. Now, one of the things I was watching a video. I, I want. Oh, it was the from PC Gamer. They were talking about the Fallout 76. So this one guy came across this airport, and he didn't realize, like, oh, this airport you could claim it. So apparently, a player claimed the airport. And the way that they did this also is there's there's different things throughout the map. Like I saw one that was like a junkyard. And you can claim it. And then once you claim it, you can basically, it's just like the, um, oh, what the hell is the name of it? Where this stupid guy kept sending you to the outposts in Fallout 4. So it basically turns into your own outpost. So you can go in and say, like, I want to edit and, and build. And you can build whatever you want. There. You can build defenses. You can build different things like that. And two things will happen. Number one, every so often, just like in Fallout 4, monsters will attack your outpost that you have to defend it. And number two, if another player comes in, they can sit there and say like, ooh, I want to claim this. And what will end up happening is it then flags them for PvP against you. And then you have to fight them off to, to keep your outpost. Now, one of the things that I found funny that this guy was talking about, so he's like, oh, so I was in this airport and I saw a whole bunch of stuff and it was cool because like the neat thing about it is, is like, let's say I take over this junkyard and I put a weapons bench and I put, you know, all the different crafting stations. Anybody can come along and use them. It's not locked out to me. So he's like, oh, I was going around. He's like, I wanted to fix my weapons and all that. And I'm like, I was trying to find where some of this stuff was and I found it and I fixed it. And he's like, and I didn't realize that on the airport, there was a control tower. So he went up the control tower and was going to go into the actual tower itself when the, when he realized the door was locked. So he was like, oh, whatever. I got enough skill. He picked the lock on the door. What he didn't know is by him picking the lock on the door, because it belonged to another player, it flagged him for PVP. Oh, man. So then he was like, well, and then looking at it, you know, he's like, well, I'm at the top of the clock tower. I can see around completely. So if anybody, you know, anybody tries to come after me, you know, I can tell them because that was the one thing that I didn't notice because I didn't do any of the PVP is once you get flagged for PVP, um, when you're not PVP, sorry, let me start by saying this. If you bring up the map, you can see on the map where every single player that's in your server is at. The moment you get flagged PvP, you no longer see any of the people. So it's just you. However, on their map, they will see you as a red dot, which means you got a bounty on your head. And the way that it works is the bounty keeps increasing the longer you stay alive. So this guy was saying, well, I'm at the top of the clock tower or the, the, the air tower. I can see the entire airfield. I can see everything around the, the airport. I'm okay. He's like, I was in a perfect position. However, I did not plan for one thing, and that was I didn't have any food or water. 
And the reason being is he had gotten into a big fight against a um, those big monsters. I forgot the name of them. Good oh, Lord. the Dread Call Claws. Yes. So he, yeah, the Death Claws. He's Death like Claw. I had a, he had a huge fight with the Death Claw and basically burned through all his food and water to stay alive. So he's like, great, I gotta go down. And, and scavenge for food and water. So he climbed down and he starts going through. And all of a sudden he was in one of the hangars that was closed and he started to hear people coming around. So he's like, so I knew there was somebody around, but he's like, I didn't know where, where they were coming from. And what ended up happening is he's like, I have to give it to these people. What they did is one guy came in through a window and was making noise. So he was here looking for this guy. And the moment he had his attention, what he didn't know is the guy had a partner that came in the door behind him and they basically pinched him and killed him. And he's like, what's cool is once you get killed, that's it. You're no, you're no more. You're not flag PVP anymore. He's like, he ran out over there. The two guys were still there in the hangar. He gave him a thumbs up. They gave him a thumbs up and they went on and kept going. And he's like, he found it amazing. The whole tenseness of, oh crap, I hear people, but I don't know where they are type of like gameplay that you had to defend yourself essentially, you know? It takes out that thing where if someone griefs you, they can camp your body. Like in EverQuest, right. if you were not in EverQuest in World of Warcraft, if you're on a PvP server when they used to have PvP servers, the someone could just camp your body and just keep griefing you. And that in this case it's not that. Once you're flagged it's over. No. And as far as I see, there's always gonna be the idiots. But as far as I see a lot of people, it's like you said, when they see you flagged as PvP they assume you want a PvP, but no. then once that's done, it's over. Like yeah. I've I've seen that. Like I think obviously in the in the beginning days, you're gonna have some people messing around because it's gonna be a lot of people exiting the vault for the first time. But also since it's 32, unless someone just happens to have like 20 of their friends on your on that server and decide to take over, I don't think it's gonna be that big of a problem. Plus, <laughs> you can switch servers. So if it really is that somehow happens, you know, you're on the worst server ever, you could just switch servers and, and be done with it. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what did you think about overall the open mic and, and the idea that they might add push to talk and chat? Because there's been a lot of fight like that. It's almost become a console versus PC gamer thing. I think you need both yeah. because I don't think it, it immerses you to have – Let's just face it. Anyone who spends five minutes on any type of open voice chat knows that 90% of what's coming out of that voice chat is terrible. That's mm -hmm. why Discord, Mumble, TeamSpeak, Ventrilo, all that is still useful because exactly that. We've had open mic and we've had built-in voiceover mic forever. People are still using their own private servers. Mm -hmm. That's the needs to understand why. Yeah, I mean, the way that I look at it is like anytime I would play, I'd just unplug my mic because I'm like, I don't need people to hear me doing whatever. And it's interesting because like you say, like I had a mix of of me running around in an area and then like I could hear people running around and I, th I, I would think it was a mob. And then all of a sudden, like you just hear somebody like, yeah, I have no idea where where they're hiding this thing, blah, blah, blah. Like he was talking with his other as the thing. And then I actually heard like what you were saying. Like it sounded like a guy was like doing a stream where he was just like narrating everything he was doing. And I found it funny because it was like, damn, like that could be annoying. And I could see where a push to talk system would be perfect for that. Like I understand you want to make it like, hey, this is how it would be if you were in the world. But let's face facts like it's not going to be like that. Um, but like, like my thing with it is I, I think it's, it's a game that is very interesting. I had a ton of fun with it. 
there are going to be people that are going to be disappointed with it. And I will say this from a business point of view, Bethesda did the smartest thing where they say like, hey, we're releasing it through our platform thing. You want to get into the beta, you got to buy the game. And guess what? No refunds. So they did the smart thing from a business point of view is throw the beta out there. Somebody could sit there and like, all right, cool. I want to try out this game out before it comes out. They try the game out and go, man, this thing is horrible. They still got their money out of that person. You know, you, there's going to be people that are going to call foul for that. But let's face facts. They're a business. They have to make money. And if and if they did that, they they are very self-aware that not everybody is going to enjoy the game. They're very self-aware to the point where if you look at their Twitter accounts and even their, their webpage, they're already putting out there like, look, guys, this is a totally new thing that we're doing. Be patient with us. And we totally understand that not everybody's going to like it. And that, I think, is the best piece of PR that they could do. They could have done right now. And let's set the expectation low because there's going to be people that are going to rip that game apart. The moment it comes out, I mean, there's people ripping it apart in the beta, like you say, you know, but it, for me, like it is a game that I can see myself. Like I'm not going to do pull that like, wow, crack, like just be playing it uh, all the time that like I will play it because I enjoy it. I mean, it's, I, I love, it still has the classic like fallout music, you know, it's, it's great and all the that humor, <laughs> the humors in it, you know, like it's, it's, it's a fun game. Like I've enjoyed my time with it. The, the only thing that I really didn't see, and I want to see how they implement it is the different factions that they have in the world, because they pretty much only like the only faction I interacted with early on was the first responders. Yeah. So I wonder if they're going to make it where you will eventually start doing quests for all the different factions. And then once you get to that point where you meet all the factions, it says like, okay, you got to align yourself with one of them. Kind of like how they did in the other Fallout games where you like, especially Fallout 4, where you met the Brotherhood of Steel and you met the uh, the Institute and all that. And eventually they say like, all right, you got to pick one, you know. It I think be- in the end, it's going to be one of those things where it's like any other MMO. If you want to be first... To get the new items, you know, get the higher levels, see the area of the game, you buy from day one. If yeah. you're worried about quality of life, you know, how much content is going to be, you probably wait a few months and see yeah. what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm going to do just like, I mean, hell, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do what I've, I've been doing with the beta. Like, I'll play it a couple hours here and there. Like, I'm not going to be one of these hardcore people that's just going to grind all the way to the top. Because, you know, like you especially have seen it with EverQuest, EverQuest 2 and all that. Those people that just is like, I'm going to play till I max out my thing as fast as possible. And then you get to the end game and those are the first people that are like, there's no end game content. It's like, dude, you weren't meant to blow through the whole thing without really paying attention to any of the stuff this quickly. Yeah. You know, um, but moving on. haha. Since last week, you did fall for the <laughs> you fell into the Call of Duty trap. Oh, Lord. I don't know. what. Was. <laughs> See, you know, it, it's funny. I was doing well on finances because it was like I wasn't spending a lot of money. I wasn't buying a lot of games. I was like, OK, I'm playing EQ. I mean, I'm playing World of Warcraft. I'm playing some of my other games, even play a little League of Legends, you know, War Thunder, even play a little bit of that. But then it was like, OK, everyone's playing this game. I keep seeing my friends log into Call of Duty. I'm like, all right, let me get this. And, you know, you just start to realize how old you are because you like your Twitch factor is just so much lower. You jump into because I mean, and and before that, I wasn't even really playing the last Call of Duty that much. I was playing more Battlefield, which is slower. Mm -hmm. 
especially in the you know the men versus men since I wasn't in a tank or a helicopter half the time. And it was like, wow, you start. To, I mean, I started to get some of my skills back, but wow, at first it was like, and let I me felt tell like you. I was like ten times slower. Like I was running in molasses, like one of those bad dreams. Oh yeah, and and let me tell you, that's the thing that when you look at the last Battlefield, Battlefield One, that was all about ground warfare because man, when you had a person in a tank that was good, forget it, they'd massacre people, you know. Um, but my thing with Call of Duty now is I agree with you with that. Like you realize how crappy your reflexes are when you start playing this. My favorite thing to do is like get the drop on somebody and still somehow lose the gunfight. Oh, you're like, yeah. how? How? You know? I love it. They're they turn their back to you or whatever, and you you scope up on them and you're like, bah, 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 bah. and next thing you know, they turn around and go, bah, bah. and you're just like my thing. Wow is you look at them with their back towards you and you start shooting at them and it's almost like their face merges through the hair and all of a sudden they're turned facing you because they turn that fast. It's like T-1000. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing. The other thing that I've realized about that game is as you go unlocking the weapons, like the higher-ended weapons that you get, they are way better than the ones that you get at the lower levels because oh, yeah. there is a submachine gun that I'm dying to unlock that when you get uh, when you unlock enough or play enough with that thing, the rate of fire mod that you can get for that thing is disgusting. And you yeah. you double that with the extended clip, dude. I saw a dude in one of my games get the drop on three people, three, and with one clip took all three people out, rounded the corner, went poop, and healed himself, and then came out and took out two more. Now, I'll say I'm not good with the gun names, which I need to get better with. I'm going to have to just write them down. But yeah. I know I saw one, and in the replay, it was the guy who was always killing me. In the replay, you would see him shoot, and it looked like if I was shooting, let's say, seven rounds per whatever, he was shooting like 50. Yeah. That <laughs> and one, that's I swear, the gun. it seemed like he was using like hollow points versus my normal bullets too. Yeah. Because it was like – it almost sounded like the bullets were going through me harder than my bullets went through him. Yeah. I felt like I shot him like 10 times and it did like maybe 40 points of damage. And somehow, even though he shot me a thousand times, it was really only the first 10 bullets he needed to kill me yeah. because it's like they're super bullets. Yeah, that, that's that's the, the, the submachine gun. That's the SMG. It's like literally when you play it and you fully unlock it, it unlocks a weapon mod, which basically doubles the rate of fire. So it's already pretty quick to begin with. But when you put that mod into it, it's like it just just sprays a ton of bullets out, and it's just a. I mean, it's disgusting. It's a small little SMG, and I'm like, I'm, I can't wait to unlock that thing to just play with that one, because man, that thing is disgusting. Um, oh, and tell people about the whole not leveling up uh, thing because that 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 I didn't really notice at first when I logged in and I, we were playing, and I was like, I was just looking at levels, and I was like, oh, okay, these people are. Like in their forties, almost fifty, and then you see a bunch of forty nines. I'm like, that's weird. How come all these people are forty nine? So that's the thing that's interesting with that is like I don't know what the max level is. I think it's around fifty something or sixty. But what's happening here, or it might be a hundred. I don't know. But like you have people that I have. Like I was playing, I think, a couple of weeks ago with a friend of mine, where there was a guy that may have been max level, but he stayed max level. Like he didn't prestige to start all over again because he's like i got all the guns and blah 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 because that's the thing is if you go back to prestige you go back to level one and then you have to unlock all this stuff again 
So they're basically saying that they're like really good players that they should be prestiging and they're not. And they're just doing it to like kind of like help level up their friends. And it's it's crazy because you see these guys playing and it's like, good Lord, man, like they're just destroying people. And, and like my only gripe with the game, and I mentioned this to you, is like they have to fix the balancing in that game. Yeah. Because it will stack up these like teams of people that are really, really good against the, the rest of the team. And it's like you're playing domination and you're literally they'll have all three points and their whole team is just hovering around where your team spawns. And it's like you can't even like you 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 spawn dead, spawn dead. And then they're calling in all these attack shoppers and this and and it's like you might as well not even do anything. It's like, all right, I might as well leave the game because I'm not gonna get anything out of this. Yeah, what what I, I've noticed too is it's even compounded because it'd be one thing if someone just didn't prestige and they're high level. That sucks as it is, especially when you're mixed in with a bunch of people. Like it's crazy when I see, you know, level nine, level 10, level 17, level 20. And the next thing you know, the other side is like 39, 40, 45. You know, it's like, but then here's the thing. So you're playing and then let's say that you're having a halfway decent match. Okay, fine. But what will happen is towards the end of the match, especially if you're playing one of those games where you have to – like domination or hard point or something like that where you have to control something, what I notice is that these people will wait until towards the end of the match when it's kind of close or when you switch sides. And then all of a sudden they'll all release their helicopters right. and UAVs and this and that. And it gets to a point where I would spawn and a missile would hit me. I would spawn and a helicopter would shoot me. So it's not even as if – I'm just, oh, you're getting owned by players. No, I don't yeah. even get to move. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you can say, oh, get good. Okay, fine, get good. But at some point when your the other team has a whole bunch of just missiles and, and helicopters, yeah. there's no getting good there. That was, that was yeah, that was the thing that I sat there and I was like in thinking about it. I'm like, what they need to do is each time around starts, like everybody starts from scratch, like not carry over all your perks from one, ma- one round to the next because – I remember I played a game where the other team, they must have been in chat or somehow communicating, but they were they were killing us. They were good players and all that. They were wrecking us. And all that they would use every so often would be the UAV just to see where we were. And then the next round started, and it's like, oh, an attack chopper's coming in. Okay, whatever. One guy had it. Then as soon as somebody shot down the attack chopper, oh, that makes calling another attack chopper. We're like, they literally just had one. And then it was like, oh, there's a sniper's nest coming. Now we have an attack chopper and a sniper's nest coming. And it was just like the whole round, like these guys were one after the other one using their, their things. And, of course, because of the attack chopper, the guy that had the attack chopper, now the attack chopper sitting there and taking people out, that counts as a kill. So as long as he stays alive, it's still he would rebuild another one and nothing flat. So it was just like the whole second round, we completely got decimated because we couldn't move anywhere. Yeah. You know? And, of course, what? you have people leaving in the middle of games. It's like you said. If you jump into a game too quick, you already know it's it's, it's yeah. over. If you <laughs> go in queue and you insta-get into a game, it's like, well, you're going to end up on the on the losing team already. Yeah, you pop in, and next thing you know, it's like, oh, this side has 220. This side has 19. Oh, my goodness. You're like, <laughs> you're like oh, oh, we got a little bit of a uphill battle. The, the game does do that thing where when you lose, if you join, they'll say you do not take a loss because you joined in the middle of a session or something like that. But still, it still it, yeah. it still hurts your morale. <laughs> you yeah. you and then that. sometimes people give up, like especially when you're playing one of the actual team matches where you're supposed to capture something. 
yeah. and you join in and you're down by 100 points and you know you're probably not going to win, but your other team just gives up. And then they yeah. start just, you know, of course you get the toxic <laughs> Call of Duty players where they're like, oh, well, I got a high kill count. Yeah, okay, but you never stood on the hard point, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. You're on the other side of the map shooting people. Great, you got a good kill-death ratio, but we lost because you don't run to the hard point. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And and what's interesting is so um right before and today I didn't even realize this. Like I, I saw a video on it. Uh, my, our, our, my the one person that I love to reference was to Jim Sterling. So apparently they patched in microtransactions into the game. Mm-hmm. Um and of course they're using the whole it's only cosmetic, blah 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 blah. And they're doing the kind of like season pass type thing. But here's the thing that I find interesting is like somebody on Reddit calculated it out because it lets you buy the season pass thing, which gives you a second tier because everybody gets the free one where as you go playing, you earn XP and then you unlock little things like Fortnite. And then they just like Fortnite, they did like, oh, you get the season pass and then you get a second row of stuff. And then you can spend that in-game currency one to, to uh, go up to the next tier. Somebody calculated out that for you to sit there and say, like, I don't want to I don't want to sit there and grind this stuff. I just want to buy it. It costs two hundred dollars to go from level one all the way up to the max to get everything. Or if you're going to grind it out time wise, you have to play for two hundred and fifty hours. Now, mind you, the thing that's the killer about that is you only have I think it's like 45 days to do it. So calculate that out for 250 hours in 45 days. How many hours do you have to pay? You, you become gamer stereotype with yeah, the poop sock and the Mountain Dew and the Hot Pockets and everything. That's the only so, way you're, you're going to do it. So calculating it out, you essentially have to play five and a half hours every single day for those 45 days to grind out everything. Which is disgusting, but anyways, so it's a job almost. Yeah, it's a job, job essentially. Yeah, quit your job and play Call of Duty. Um, but now I know you touched on this earlier, um, and I and we I know we both wanted to mention this of the, the events that happened at BlizzCon, uh, and the reactions that people had. Now, from my understanding, when I was looking at this, like people were excited for BlizzCon this year because. The rumors started going around that Blizzard was going to make an announcement about Diablo. And people were, of course, like, oh, cool, we're finally going to get some news or they're going to announce Diablo 4. And Blizzard goes and goes on stage and announces a Diablo game called Diablo Immortal for the mobile platforms. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. Um, what I found funny about the video was the reaction that people gave, number one, is right away they mentioned this is coming out on, on iOS and Android, and people were like, huh. And then they started going to a Q&A, and a guy said, are there any plans for this coming out to PC? And the guy who's the lead designer says this is strictly a mobile device, and literally everybody booed in the audience. And what was great is the only reactionary thing that the guys from Blizzard could do is like, do you guys not own a mobile phone? Yes, we own a mobile phone, but we don't want to play Diablo on it. Which became an insta meme. As soon as he said, what do you guys don't have phones? It's like, oh, meme time. (laughs) Yeah. And then the the great thing was, is like, I think it was like two guys later, a guy's like, "Um, so my question is like, is this like a really late April Fool's joke or like... So and and the thing about it is like in 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 delving a bit deeper into this, 
Like, I don't know if the whole there they don't understand why people are upset is just like they're trying to just like brush this off. But the big thing that like in my research and looking at it, the reason why people are upset about it is it's not that it's specifically just a mobile game is the people that are going to be in control of this Diablo mobile game are a company that basically just make those like free to play, you know, or the freemium games. And they try and like scrounge out as much money as they can out of people. And that's what people feel like this is going to end up happening to Diablo. And I think one of the better things that I remember seeing was somebody said, like, when you look at Blizzard, when it came to their games, there were always innovators. Now they're just becoming followers of everybody else. And they, of course, blame that on Activision and all that buyout. But right. To be honest with you, I, look, I've, I've, I've been with Blizzard since the old RTS days, but I, I don't think that, the, that only evil active uh, Blizzard changed them. I just think that over time you start to see the market. It's like Nintendo. Nintendo looked at the mobile market and was like, nah, we're good with the DS. We're do- and now they're like, well, let's see if this uh, little Mario mobile game yeah. does well. It, it, it's the same thing. And I mean, I, I don't, I think they were going to head down this road. Maybe Activision sped up the process, but I don't think that you're just going to have this like Puritan group of people that would never want to do microtransactions and get into the mobile market. Here, here's, here's my like thing on that. Like, my big thing with that is when it comes down to it, I mean, granted, it's a business. They have to make money, yada, yada, yada. But when you sit there and you look at it is at the end of the day, they don't care about gamers. Their job is to make money for their investors. Right. And that's, I think, the problem that's been happening is – and I and and to bring to your point, look at Nintendo. Nintendo, like you sit there and you look at every year. Like I kind of look at it and glance it over. Like when they have their earnings calls and all that, and they talk about we made X amount of this and X amount of that. And I find it funny because you're talking companies that make billions of dollars a year with these games, yet they're the first ones that say like, "Oh, it costs too much money to make a AAA game." That's BS. If you're making billions of dollars and then you're nickel and diming gamers to to for these games like Call of Duty and all this stuff, like eventually we're going to get to the point where we're going to say that's enough and we're going to we're not going to buy your stuff. And then your earnings calls are going to be really scary when your stock goes from up here to down here because you haven't made any money, you know. Well, see, it, it's kind of like what happens with like restaurants. You have this idea that, oh, if this restaurant comes out and it does really well, okay, I'm going to go to this restaurant. If all of a sudden they start to lower their quality, right. then they might see, well, oh, well, it's okay because you've been coming to my restaurant for a year. You're going to keep coming. Right. But then what happens is all these other restaurants open up. I, I kind of look at the whole gourmet burger revolution where all of a sudden – first it was like you had just fun ruckers and all of a sudden it was like five guys. Then all of a sudden all these burger places opened up saying we have gourmet burgers. But now there's so many out there. It's like, okay, well, if you're cheaper and you have good quality, I'm gonna stop going to the big one. And games like, uh, 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 like not uh, like Fallout, but with all the free-to-play games that you have, like Fortnite, they're you're just adding another component that you can go to. So like Call of Duty Four, it's like, oh, you can play now Blackout. But it's like, well, I'm fine with Fortnite, or I'm fine with Player Unknown. So that's right. just gonna be a little bit less people. That's going to go to the big AAA 
go to a different AAA, and that's going to just saturate the market because you're not giving us what we want to be loyal to you. And and that's the thing, like uh, Jim Sterling makes a good point where he's saying is, you know, they're they're throwing in this freemium market into a game that people are playing for, are paying for. And he's like, I can totally understand them putting all these transactions and all that stuff into the game if they gave us the game. But we're paying $60 to get the game, and then they're like, hey, give us more money. Yeah. And the way that I looked at it where where I found it interesting is, and this is where the point bo- the, the, the point boils down to, is Nintendo had, had um, a, a, a quarter or a year where they were expected to make X amount of money, and they didn't. And they could have sat there and said, okay, we're going to make up this money uh, somehow. All right, let's do these like freemium microtransactions into games. They didn't do that. What did they do? The damn CEO of the company said, you know what? I'm the one responsible for this loss, so guess what? I'm taking a pay cut. And he did that. You will never see any of these CEOs of EA or Activision ever take a pay cut. As a matter of fact, they're going to be like, I want more money. And that's, I think, the thing that, is what what hurts them but the problem is is that there's those people that no matter what and they know this this is this is the thing that kills me is they know that they can release a call of duty every single year and it'll sell because there's those people that are like it's a call of duty i gotta have it you know and that's i think where eventually it's gonna get to a point where like you say you're gonna have a PUBG or somebody that's going to sit there and come out with one of these games and say, hey, guess what, guys? I'll give you the game for free, and it'll have a a, a paid loot box system or whatever, but it's all cosmetic. And then that game's going to take off, and people are going to be like, oh, hey, I could either pay 60 bucks for Call of Duty or get this one for free, and I'm still going to have that choice of paying. You know what? I'll go for the free one. Yeah, and what's interesting is, is that, unfortunately, you also have the other side because, as I said, in, in the rest, restaurant analogy, you may have a person who opens up a new restaurant and says, you know what, I'm going to do things different. But at the same time, you'll have another guy who will open up a restaurant and be like, well, maybe I could just jump on the, on the loot train and mm. they'll open one just as bad. Because what happens is, is there's, there's a lot. I didn't realize how many first-person free-to-pair shooters there are out there. You know, I started mm-hmm. playing some of these ones like Iron Sights and stuff like that. And the problem is, is that you're thinking, okay, maybe these guys are coming out and trying to say, hey, Play our game. We're better than the Activisions of the world. And then you log in, it's worse. You log in, it's like everything is microtransacted. So then you almost feel like, well, maybe I should go back to Call of Duty because at least it's not that many. So the problem is, is that someone has to step up. You can't step up and just release like some skin of an Unreal Engine first-person shooter and then be like, oh, you want a new scope? One dollar. You want a new gun? Three dollars. Because then it's you're making it worse. Then it's pay to win, and then that never works. Right, and on mobile, you see that too much. I mean, you go and you you see one game, and next thing you know, you refresh the page, and there's 50 other games, and they're all saying, oh, well, buy this, 99 cents for this, a dollar for that, $2 for this, mm-hmm. and then it's like you start to think, okay, all games are like that. And that's why whenever someone mentions mobile, people just go, oh, my God. Because it's on mobile, even if you pay for a game, you know you're still going to have to pay more to get yeah. it. And if it's free, then you really know you're going to be paying out your butt to be able to do anything well. The yeah. only thing that I say that might hurt you is that, yes, while it's true what you say that some games like Madden, Call of Duty, people hmm. are just waiting for the next one to come out, I think as people get older, 
a lot of these game companies are still looking at people as like kids, like everyone's a kid. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, no, you have people 35, 40, 45 who have been buying games for a year. And they remember games like EverQuest huh. 2 when they went free to play. That it was like, oh, if it's free to play, here's a free game and you can buy a few things and you can get the game and then you can play like that. Whereas now it's like, oh, here's a free game, but we're going to nickel dime you for everything. Yeah. Eventually, people are just going to stop buying these games and moving on to other things. But it's a very slow po- process. And some of these people are just playing. They're playing for the short.